0: I'm really glad that you found today's show because I'm very grateful for Dwight Bain and the things he has to say today. He is a remarkable person. He really is. When I listen to him speak, and maybe you can hear this too when you're listening to him, you hear years of experience in counseling. You know that he has heard everything that you can hear. He has walked with people through so many different situations And you can hear the spiritual maturity when he speaks, or at least I hear it. It's like, oh yeah, this is someone who's walked with Christ. He's made mistakes. He's looked in the mirror and seen himself. He has invited Christ into his character development. He is he is someone I want in my life. And so every week, I'm so thankful. Dwight schedules out some time in his very busy schedule. He schedules out some time just so that we can talk about things together. And that you and me and Dwight and others who listen can just think. I mean, just a few minutes ago, while we were listening to this show, producer Melanie, who produced today's show, um, she and I stopped the show just to talk about our lives and things that happened to us in our 20s. And if we'd only understood this in our 30s. And, you know, we're so thankful to be the age we are now because of the wisdom that comes. And so... If you are in your 20s or your 30s, get some wisdom today from Dwight Bain as he talks about courage. DwightBain.com if you want to find Dwight, or you can always come to LifeWithLisaWilliams.com. And by the way, if you do come to LifeWithLisaWilliams.com, please click on Cure. If you're going to spend time on the internet just resting your brain and just going from here to there looking at stuff online, please cure.org it's a beautiful site with beautiful faces and beautiful stories of hearts and bodies that are touched by the power and healing of jesus cure.org i'm just a radio girl i love things that talk to me
1: you lol i did i I laughed out loud so
0: this may be the dumbest thing in the whole world but it worked on me there's a dog Hey Natalie. How old are you? I will pray with you now. Before you leave, I have to pray with you. I'm here for the people in the hood. You know, Jesus is my very, very best friend. Pray without ceasing, which is not some sort of so-heavy-I-can't-do-it command. It is this breath of fresh air that I am involved in what God is doing in the earth today. I'm Lisa. I'm great. Everything's fine. Somebody just wrote on my Facebook page. Please get your mom on Facebook. We want to be her friend. Do you want to be on Facebook? What is that? Are you on Twitter? I talked to the mailman. <laughs> is that Twitter? Life with Lisa Williams is like a cage. Run around in the sun. Exactly. Put a sprinkler in the yard. This is life. This is this, this, this is, is
1: life. life. This is life. 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 This is Life with Lisa Williams. You can ask Sheila. You do not tell me, or for that matter, ask any of my kids. You tell me to take a nap, I am obedient.
0: (laughs) I told Dwight, hey, I'm running late. Why don't you take a nap? And then I couldn't get him to answer any text messages for a long time. Dwight, I'm ready. Are you ready to record, Dwight? Dwight?
1: My age bracket, you never. When somebody (laughs) says take a nap. Here, take your medicine, just go off to the home. It's like, okay, all right, I'm not going to argue with them. These young people, these whippersnappers know what they're up to. (laughs) Did you actually sleep then? Yeah, minutes? yeah, Oh, that's
0: great. That's yeah, great. about
1: I guess probably 10, 12 minutes, and I thought, how come you're not texting me back? <laughs> you said take a nap, and so I laid down and I went to sleep and took a nap, like, and Dwine, then I went,
0: oh, Dwine. you did text me
1: back. Oh, <laughs> yeah.
0: Well, thank you for being patient with me, and I want to hear your thoughts specifically about the idea of courage today, because just all week long, because of Doctor King. You know, I was thinking about how as a radio person for 26 years, when Martin Luther King Jr. Day rolls around, you do stories about Dr. King and you talk about him and you play sound clips of his voice. And I thought, you know, this year, this year, I just want to think about him. And I want to think about what rises to the surface when I think about him. And immediately, Dwight, it was courage. Wow. That was a courageous person. That was just a man. You know, just a human being like us. But he felt called to do something. And even though it was dangerous, obviously it was dangerous to stand up for what he believed. Mm,
1: it cost his life.
0: He did it because he was a, a courageous man. So I would love to just, you know, hear your heart open up a little bit about courageous people and courage.
1: When we start of thinking about courage as a theme, and especially with Dr. King, uh, we think about big stuff. I have a dream, you know, right. speeches in Washington DC. And, and that's not what I thought about because what I thought about wasn't big stuff like marching in Washington and giving speeches. And I thought about little ways because courage. And this is important, Lisa. Courage doesn't mean the absence of fear. Courage doesn't mean, haha, you know, like in some, you know, Marvel, Star Wars kind of movie where I just go take on the bad guys. Courage means I'm, I'm terrified, maybe but i press forward i'm still scared but i still go in the right direction mm-hmm. courage is the opposite of cowardice and cowardice is to be able to run in the opposite direction
0: yeah yeah i see that
1: all right so when i think about real courage and women do this one better than men when there's a mysterious spot that should be checked by a dermatologist it takes mm-hmm. courage to say you know what i'm going to go to the doctor and get this checked oh, cuz wow. i've got a whole yeah. bunch of guy friends And their wives will fuss at them and say, you should go get that checked. And they'll say, I'm not going to do that. I don't need that. I don't need that. That's because they're scared Mm -hmm. because they don't want to hear that it might be cancer. It's courage to get your diabetes level checked. It's courage to get your blood pressure checked. It's courage to call a bill collector back. It's courage to be able to speak up when you're in a movie and you're watching a family movie or you think it's a family movie and there's something inappropriate. It's courage to be able to say, um, hold on, kids, put this on pause. We're going to stop the movie. Or to be able to go to the theater manager and say, um, that movie doesn't match my values. And, and, and it takes courage. Because courage is to be able to speak up when somebody who says they love you, but they're really practicing domestic violence and shouting and screaming and emotionally abusing everyone. It takes courage. And sometimes that courage may come from a 15-year-old who says, you guys fight all the time and you claim to be religious, but that's not anything to do with Jesus. It takes courage to speak the truth. It takes courage to ask for help. It takes courage, most of all, to look into the mirror and say, oh, God, show me what I need to work on. Courage in little things, Lisa, that's how you change your life, is courage in little things. And when you do that in little things, like Dr. King did in little things, because remember, everybody forgets this. He was kicked out of his denomination years before the I Have a Dream speech. Because he spoke up about things and his own denomination said, oh, no, 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 no. You're young and you have a good education, but you're not allowed to say that here. Dr. King once said that the reason God gave you two hands is you're fighting a battle with one hand against evil forces. And you're fighting on the other hand of people who you thought were your friends who were stabbing you in the back. Wow. That's why God gave you two hands. <laughs> wow. It takes courage. Wow.
0: So that really speaks to me, Dwight, because... What really resonates is the courage to face fear. And then that opens up the whole idea of what am I afraid of? You know, what am I afraid of? Am I afraid of losing something that makes me feel whole? And so I won't stand up for what, what is so obviously blatantly wrong. Am I afraid of my kids liking me? So I don't stand up wow, and say, hey, yeah, hey, that's way too much screen
1: time. You know, am I'm I afraid, I'm afraid just to parent and be bold? So, when I think about courage, um, I had this happen to me. This is so embarrassing, but it's true. I was at a uh, store and they offer 55 and over discounts, and I'm in that age bracket. And it was like, oh, okay, this is a pretty good deal. And it was on something a little more expensive, like a suit, that I normally wouldn't have spent that much on an outfit. But I knew that it was 55 and over day. And I also knew that I had a coupon and I thought, well, you know what, this will work out. So anyway, I wait my turn in line, do all that, get up to the counter and the lady said, oh, no, 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 it's 55 and over for this selection over here. And I'd waited in line probably 15 minutes and I really wanted it, but it wasn't in my budget. And she said, it's not, it's not the 55 and over price. It's the regular price, but you can still use your $5 off. And it was way more than I would have normally spent. Mm -hmm. And she said something and I had no courage because she said, you don't have to get it, sir.
0: Oh,
1: And I stood there for about a split second and I felt embarrassed. Like, what, I'm, you think I'm poor? You think I can't afford this suit, right? And I said, no, 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 I'll get it. And I left it in the trunk of the car for a while because I didn't want Sheila to know that uh, that's, that's retail. And she knows I never spend retail. But I was embarrassed. I didn't have the courage to say, you know, you're right. I'll wait till it's on sale. Because a lot of things are really marked up. And so that was just a couple of weeks ago. So when we think about courage over little things, this happens all the time. So what was your fear?
0: Were you afraid? I think it, I think it was,
1: I think it was the being judged that, what, you don't have enough money?
0: You're afraid sure of what people a, think about you. Yeah.
1: I think probably even a little deeper than that, Lisa, the idea of somebody judging. You know, mm-hmm. I'm supposed to be successful and supposed to look a certain way, and I'm supposed to wear suits and ties. And I think maybe the fear of, of being judged – being interpreted a certain way. And really, when you think about it, on a lot of things, why do people try to keep up with other people? And ultimately, it's because they don't want to be judged by that person. They want to fit in. You know, teenagers sometimes will say, oh, I want to be myself and I want to be independent. But the reality is, if ripped jeans are in on one leg, then everybody's going to wear ripped jeans on one leg. But if ripped jeans all of a sudden are ripped on two legs, now i got to go get some new ripped jeans because I've got to fit in.
0: So my thoughts just went to what is that fear of being judged because I want to be, you know, I'm trying to get down to the root of what it would be in me. Why do I do those things? Because I want to be included. I don't want to be left out. I don't want to be worthless. I don't want to be less than you. You know, it's all these weird things, what we're afraid of. And so we do things, we're not courageous and we just don't go that that's not what I want to do. So I'm not going to do it.
1: Yeah, ultimately it's, I think, the fear of looking into the mirror and the fear of being able to say, you know what, God, who did you design me to be? Who am I supposed to be? Instead of trying to fit in, um, it takes a lot of courage to be authentic. It takes a lot of courage to be able to say, this is what God called me to do. And if you want to talk about ultimate courage, Lisa, it's being able to speak the truth To be able to say, and I've got uh, a couple of friends who hold me accountable because they know about, um, you know, I need to protect my heart and I can't eat certain foods because it's not good for my heart because of a past cardiac history. Yeah. And so I've allowed people that are close to me to be able to say, I don't think you're supposed to eat that. And I don't get mad at them. If I'm feeling weak and tempted by a particular food, I want somebody to say, hey, I don't think that's a good idea. Just like they've given me the freedom if I see them smoking. Or they smell like smoke to say, you've been smoking again? And see, now here's the difference. This is not about judging them that somehow I can be self-righteous and I'm better than you. This is about helping them. Mm-hmm. Where one is weak, the other is strong. And when one person falls down, the other can help them up. This is the opposite of judging. Judging and shaming and self-righteousness and pride and indignation is to say, how dare you have your sin Because I don't have sin. That's self-righteous and that destroys people and it leaves them in shame and it leaves them in bondage. And that's why I think for a lot of us, we don't speak up because we don't want to be judged. And we don't want to feel more guilty or more ashamed or more bad than we already do. But when somebody loves me and I'm able to be vulnerable and say, this is a real temptation. This is a real challenge. This is a real weakness because I've been totally honest and courageous enough even in my fear to say, can you help me to find more courage? Remember there was a man that came to Jesus and he had a child that was desperately sick and the people were kind of saying, don't trouble Jesus because your kid's dead. And, and, you know, and if your kid had a terminal disease, you might want to listen to the crowd. And, and Jesus said, don't be afraid, only believe. And he cried out, Oh God, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. Now that's courage. That's good. You know, um,
0: Dwight, if I'm completely honest, I would say, if I were completely honest, I
1: would say. <laughs> you know, like that's going to happen.
0: <laughs> I would say that all my life, most of my adult life, I've just wanted to help people and make people feel good through broadcasting, encourage them. And I believe that I believed that I was doing it for them. But I finally have come to the honest place of realizing that most of what I've done, this might make me cry. I'm going to try not to cry here. But most of what I've done was really from an unhealthy place of how it made me feel. And it made me feel important and worthy and like I had value. Yep. And while you were talking, this explosion went off in my head like a firework or like the blooming of a crepe myrtle or something. Like Mm -hmm. what if I could from this point forward with painfully honest eyes say, I want to live my life serving others because of love, and I want to love people, and I want to care about them, and it, it's not going to be about how that makes me feel.
1: A-, a friend of mine who worked in Hollywood said, from what he observed that it was the most love-starved city in the United States because people go into the field as an actor. They go into the field as a writer. They go into the field seeking applause and approval and attention because they're so starved for love. And so much of what they do is like when Sally Fields won her Oscar and she held it up to the sky and she said to the Academy, "You, you like me. You really, really like me. And it was almost like that it ruined her career because she didn't really work for years after that. Cause she had, she'd kind of, you know, stated the unspoken thing. It's like, we're all insecure. We're all terrified. We're all desperate for love, but you never talk about that. And the thing that made me like her so much is because she had the courage to say, I need your approval. I want your approval. But once you voice that in some places, you're judged and you're shamed. And in other places, you're accepted. And the most accepting place Lisa should be around a group of Christian people who are who are Christ followers and they love yeah. Jesus, they yeah. should be the most accepting. I use the word should on purpose because frequently they're the ones that will judge you the most. Yeah, because if you yeah. say, I'm struggling with this sexual thought or I'm really having a problem because this person got a job promotion and I just hate her for that. And this person never ever struggles with her weight. And I do. And there's so much judging and shaming and blaming and evil. that the Bible calls sin that it takes a lot of courage to be authentic and it it takes a lot of courage to be able to say, I think, and I had to do this today with someone, and I said, I think you're really judgmental and I think you're really self-righteous and I think that you are full of resentment and hatred. And I think that's why you're so mad all the time and I don't think it's secular media and I don't think it's MTV and I don't think it's YouTube and Netflix and the things that your family watch. I just think you're a really angry person full of resentment and you judge people. And I thought later, okay, one, I know I'm going to get shot with a handgun or at least tased out of this. This is terrible because who tells someone that? But I really, I respect this person enough to tell them the truth and it made our relationship better.
0: It did? Oh, that's wonderful.
1: That was courageous. It was terrifying. Remember, courage is not the absence of fear. It is not the absence of being terrified. I mean, I know right now, Lisa, there's someone who knows that their marriage partner is unbelievably close to an affair, or their marriage partner is dabbling into some kind of pornography, or they know that their marriage partner is gambling away money that they don't have to lose, and it takes courage. That means I'm going to move past my fear. I'm going to move past my terror. I'm going to move past all of these emotions inside to still speak the truth. Now, just because I speak the truth doesn't mean they're going to like me. They may be really ticked. They may want to, you know, fire me. Uh, Samuel uh, Mayer, uh, or Goldwyn Mayer, the uh, co-founder of the MGM film company in Hollywood, had a sign on his desk that said, I want everybody around me to tell me the truth, even if it costs them their jobs. (laughs) Telling people the truth will not make people happy, but it will set you free.
0: Yeah, it's just a good word. I mean, I know the balance is the truth in love, which love is patient and kind. And and obviously, that's how we would always deliver the truth, you know, with patience and kindness. But but that doesn't negate. I think that's where we get messed up. Well, I'm just going to be sweet and kind, and I'm not going to speak the truth. No, no, no. It's,
1: that means they're scared.
0: Yeah. Then it's fear that's keeping you from speaking the truth. Yeah. And perfect love, the Bible says, casts out fear. So it's that's got right. to all work together, truth and love. And that's maybe that's courage. You know, I, I can't help but think that courage is a spiritual attribute. It's a, it's a godly thing. You know, courage, be strong and courageous, he told Joshua over and over and over. So maybe courage is saying, I don't want to do this, but because of love, I am going to do this, and here I go.
1: I like it. Perfect love, cast out fear. I hadn't thought about it that way, but that is the kind of courage that, that I want to have. The perfect love to say, God, I need you desperate for you. And and please give me some truth so I can share with the people I'm in relationship with. Because when we live that kind of courage, it changes our heart, that changes our home, that changes our environment. And eventually, just like Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., that changes a culture. That's how I want to live.